Hello and welcome to another mini episode of the Fat Weight Loss Show. Um, today we are talking about speed zones. So last week we spoke about heart rate zones, but today we're going to be talking about speed zones. So uh, let's get started. An important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. All right, so welcome back. Um, uh, these little mini episodes are really focused in on the endurance people who are trying to do, uh, you know, a ketogenic diet and still uh, practice endurance exercise. Uh, and so, like me, uh, if you're someone who really, really loves to get out on the bike or go for a run and uh, still be able to stick to the ketogenic diet, then this information is really going to help you. Um, and it's something that I had to, you know, figure out myself along the way. And it's something that I think will really benefit you if you've try to um, you know do a marathon or to do a 5k run or do whatever it is um, on the ketogenic diet and you feel like you've been really sluggish uh, so these tactics are really going to help you in that space so last week we spoke about heart rate zone so we t- spoke all about the mafetone pace where you basically take 180 and you minus your age and then you plus or minus a few um, beats per minute to be able to see uh, you know where you should be training at and that's sort of like your long run limit uh, so but today we're talking Talking about speed zones. So speed zones are a little bit different in terms of um, you know the speed that you're aiming for. So you're not necessarily going to be sitting at that mafetone pace all the time. Um, but you know I'm going to run you through some of the different zones. Uh, I'll give you a quick overview first, um, just so that you know you, you sort of know what we're talking about and, and uh, what we're going to get into. So the first one, the speed zones, we're going to talk about intervals. So how you can use intervals to really maximize your speed. Um, you know, for, for a lot of people, they think that uh, when you go to on the ketogenic diet that you lose your top end. Uh, and unfortunately, that's really not true because a lot of people, um, they, they may lose their ability to be able to push uh, really, really hard for a really long period of time and which eventually, you know, builds up as stress and inflammation in the body. So you don't want that anyway. Um, but your top end is your ability to be able to drop the hammer and basically go as fast as you can uh, for as a short amount of time um, and, and really get that speed up. So we're going to talk about about intervals we're going to talk about tempo uh, and and what tempo and threshold runs and cycles are so I'm probably going to be aiming this really at runners um, today so this episode is going to be all of the examples I'll probably use running because running is just a little bit easier to understand for a lot of people but 
and all of this will also apply to cycling because it it does apply to cycling and I've used it in cycling um, and there's a few ratios and percentages that you can use to sort of work out what you're doing. Um, And then very last, we're going to be talking about uh, your anaerobic base and so your uh, what they call your <laughs> you know what you can run for at a long time and that's where you really lock in that mafetone pace so um, to start with intervals so you're using intervals to create speed and not injury so so many people go out there and they run as fast as they can for as long as they can until they give up um, and that's sort of the run done. And they and they look down at their watch and they say, oh, that was a good time, that was fantastic. But you're not really achieving anything at that uh, pace or you know running like that because one, um, potentially you're not running fast enough because you're just going out and you're, you're, you know, you don't really have a set time, you don't really have a set pace, you're not trying to build on anything um, and you're just trying to maybe <laughs> get a few PRs in Strava or something. Um, but ultimately, uh, you should be uh, trying to figure out what is going to be working best for you and then building on that. So uh, the way I do intervals is that you take a five-kilometer time or your three-mile time. Um, uh, it might be a little bit more than three miles. I'm not sure, but it's 5K. Um, your pace for that five-kilometer run, and and it should be a race time, so something where you've, you've had a lot of energy, you've really been able to give it your all, um, during that five kilometer race and then take the pace from that. So if you haven't done a 5K race in a while, I suggest you go out and do one and try and run it really fast. And, and by doing that, you get a good baseline. And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be trying to improve that 5K time by breaking it up into sections and then doing intervals over those sections. So if you have a track that's near you, it's really awesome to run on a track because then you don't necessarily have to have a watch. Um, but if you've got a GPS watch, then that'll work too. Basically, what you do is you go out, run a 5K time, you take that pace, and then we're going to minus 5% off that. Now, I've got a calculator on my website and I'm going to put it in the show notes of this episode, but you basically five, uh, 5% off that time. Now, if you're a cyclist and you're doing the same thing, you would go out and you would take uh, a 40K um, time trial maybe or potentially maybe a little bit shorter than that. Um, something where you're, it's it's about a 20-minute, a 30-minute uh, span of time where you're really hitting that uh, <laughs> extreme heart rate uh, and then we're going to be working back from there. Um, so taking 5% off that, so what that might look like, so I'm, I've got the calculator right in front of me. So for instance, if your, um, if your 5K time was 25 minutes in total, that means you're running five minutes per kilometer. And so... If you're going to be trying to build on that and you're trying to build up to maybe a 20-minute 5K, um, then I suggest minusing 5% off that, which ends up being 4 minutes and 45 seconds. So what you're going to be doing is you're uh, going to be going out there and running 400-meter intervals, 800-meter intervals, uh, uh, 1-kilometer intervals, and 1.6 kilometers. So in miles, that's quarter mile, half mile, four mile, um, and a third of a mile as well. So... You're going to be breaking up your interval runs into those particular sessions uh, and doing one of those a week. So, uh, for instance, if you run three times a week, you'll be doing intervals one day. You'll be doing tempo the other day, and then you'll be doing a long run. Uh, And obviously, if you want to be running more than that, then you can just add in more long runs to that uh, because I think long running is better for the ketogenic diet than trying to max out on your tempo and your short runs. Um, because your body takes a long time to recover from this sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, 25-minute 
5k so you're running five minutes per kilometer so so doing those intervals at four minutes and 45 seconds is going to help you build that speed and so um, that you know you don't have to stick to the 40, four minutes and 45 seconds um, but you can you can go lower than that if you can but generally what you want to try and do is you want to run around five kilometers worth of those intervals so for instance that might look like uh, f- you know five repeats of of uh, of one kilometer or that might look like um, three repeats of the 1.6 kilometers, so three miles, um, and then you want to rest for two minutes in between those intervals. Now, resting for two minutes in between those intervals is going to let your heart rate go back to normal, um, and you'll probably find towards the end of the running session that uh, your heart rate probably won't return to normal because you've built up a lot of stress. Um, and and so out of that, uh, you're you're basically trying to build the speed that you're running those kilometers or those, you know, those intervals in, and then you're trying to reduce the amount of recovery time you have. So um, if you're running a 400 meter uh, interval, so a quarter mile, uh, maybe you do eight or 10 or 16 of those, whatever it is to try and make up five kilometers. And then, uh, so you're, you're resting two minutes in between those. So the 400 meters, you might be able to run a little bit faster because it's not quite as long as something like a mile or a, or a kilometer. Um, but you're still trying to hit that time every single round. And so that's how you use intervals on the ketogenic diet to sort of build up your speed. Because a lot of people, um, they may just do a lot of threshold runs and we'll get to that in a second and what that sort of means. Um, but you know, it's really important to be able to build that speed. Um, especially when you're doing a lot of low intensity slow running because uh, if you're just focusing on running slow then you just get really good at running slow and you're not actually building up your speed so it's really important to be able to incorporate these intervals into your running um, and you know sort of get the hang of running fast and so once your leg know once your legs know how to to, to run pretty fast you'll be able to incorporate that more into your endurance runs and and you know it sort of all all works together This episode is brought to you by The Complete Keto Diet. Have a think about this for a second. How long will it take you to reach your health goals? Is it four weeks? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it a year? Maybe you don't need to lose weight, but you're struggling with the whole lifestyle thing that everyone keeps talking about. Who is going to be around long enough or be committed enough to you to help you achieve your health goals? That answer is me. I created the Complete Keto Diet specifically to help 10,000 people achieve their health goals over the next five years. That means I'm there for you in the beginning, through the plateaus, and the maintenance of your journey towards better health. But why 10,000 people? Well, simply put, I want to bring you the most actionable and realistic ways to get your health right using the ketogenic diet. But I also want to make sure that everyone succeeds and nobody gets left behind. Your name is very important to me. So how does it all work? Well, this is done with a ketogenic meal plan that is sent to your inbox every single week. You might have seen some of my YouTube meal plan videos on creating simple ketogenic meal plans, which are getting very close now to a million views alone. The advantage of my meal plans over others is that you are given simple recipes with simple ingredients with a great variety of food. You won't be eating the same meal every day and best of all I include substitutions for dairy free, nut free and other types of allergens. Plus all of the ratios are calculated for you. You'll be saving money with shopping lists that only include the items that you actually need. 
Not only does it come with weekly meal plans, but we do a weekly coaching session with everyone so that you can get your answers solved right away. You also get exclusive tools and resources, exclusive deals on all your favorite keto-friendly products that will probably save you more money than you think, plus a community of people to help you always succeed and keep you accountable every single step of the way. Sustainability is the key to long-term success with the ketogenic diet. I am not here to help you drop as much weight as possible in a three-month period. I am here for life. If you think this is what you've been looking for, I offer a seven-day free trial for anyone who is looking to see if it's the right fit for them. I offer steep discounts for six-month and yearly memberships that include one-on-one sessions with me as well, so you'll always have the answers. Head on over to www.completeketodiet.com and enter the code PODCAST to receive 15% off the membership. Oh, and did I mention that everything is in Australian dollars? Hurrah! Go to www.completeketodiet.com and enter the code PODCAST to start moving towards your health goals today. Okay, so that's the interval section. So um, the next section, we're going to talk about tempo running. And so uh, tempo running for the first four weeks, so if you're brand new to the ketogenic diet or if you are brand new to using the ketogenic diet whilst exercising or whilst running or cycling or whatever it is, I do not want you to do tempo runs in the first four weeks because it is very difficult for your body to be able to generate fat quickly enough to be able to be in a sufficient threshold zone um, until your body actually is adapted to fat burning. So what I mean by that is that once you are able to start burning fat for fuel and you're not just relying on the little bit of carbohydrate that you've still got left from you know the the pizza that you ate three weeks ago um, <laughs> you know um, you, you're really trying to switch your body over into burning fat and so by doing uh, by doing that and once you get there you'll know um, and then you'll be able to run these threshold zones so how do you know whether you're in a fat burning zone well generally you'll be able to go out there and do a long run without feeling really lightheaded without feeling like you've um, uh, bonked, so to speak, uh, and in your blood glucose are, are, re- are in a really good point uh, for the types of distances you're trying to run. So for instance, if you're trying to run a really five, uh, really fast 5K, if you can go out there and run 18 kilometers um, at your Maffetone pace without any gels, without uh, anything any any food at all just water um then you can sort of you know know that you're in a fat burning state and then that's when you can probably start incorporating these threshold zones in so i guess i probably should have spoke about these last but anyway um so (laughs) in the first four weeks you are going to avoid them avoid them like the plague just do long runs in that space and the long run by that i mean running at your maffetone pace so 180 minus your age plus or minus five, um, depending on whether you've been sick or whether you've been... Uh, and, and so go back to listen to the um, mini episode from last week talking about the heart rate zones. You'll, you'll get a really good idea about that. But after you've become fat adapted, and, and this is where the threshold zones become really important, is that you want to be running just above your maffetone pace and you want to sit there for potentially 60% of the run that you're going out to do. So if you're going out and you're doing maybe nine kilometers 
uh, whatever that is in miles, I'm really not too sure. Um, but if you're going out there and you're doing nine, a nine kilometer run and you want to do that at a threshold zone, you want to warm up for 1.5 kilometers beforehand and 1.5 kilometers at the end. So, so in miles, that's one mile either side. And then the bulk of the distance in between that is going to be run just above your math tone pace. So if your math tone pace might be uh, 150, you're probably going to try hit 155 or 160 throughout that zone. So you don't want to push too much further because um, you don't want to you generate too much inflammation and you don't want to be generating any injury in that point. Um, but you still want to be able to build that, that, uh, your, that point where your heart rate is able to, um, you know, effectively pump blood around to all of your body and to be able to utilize all of the energy that you, you know, <laughs> you've built up throughout the day, sitting at a desk, sitting at a screen or whatever that is. Um, and, you know, so these threshold zones are really good at being able to generate um, faster 5Ks, faster, faster 10Ks and same on a bike. It's much easier to be able to do these threshold zones and to be get uh, to get better at doing time trials and things like that. So, the problem with these threshold zones and a high-fat diet is that, um, as I said before, the first four weeks or you know however long that is until you get fat 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 adapted, that could be eight weeks. Um, you're really your body's really not tuned in to be able to do this. Uh, and so this is where a lot of people fail because uh, people who go out and train on the weekends or run with other people, they are probably sitting in their threshold zone, which is just a little bit too high above their mafetone pace. They're sitting in there for too long. They've just started the ketogenic diet and they instantly dismiss it because they can't run. They've run out of energy. Um, you know, they feel like they've lost their top end. Um, and so this threshold zone is one to be really careful of because uh, it can it can come with complications. So only running just faster than your math tone pace is the best thing in this threshold zone, zone and remembering that you've got a warm up and a cool down at the uh, start and the end of your run. So 9Ks, you've got 1.5 at the start, 1.5 at the end. It's generally good to be able to do that for any type of run. So even if it's just 6Ks, uh, then you're still doing 1.5 at the start, 1.5 at the end, and that 3Ks in the middle is going to be at your threshold. So the next zone I, I want to talk about is the Long run. So this is where you are sitting in your mafetone pace and you're going uh, out there and you're, you know, trying to get as many kilometers as you can without being able to, uh, you know, without bonking or without running out of blood sugar and uh, really being able to teach your body how to burn fat. And this is potentially the best zone to be in on the ketogenic diet because if you think about it, you're a steam train and you're just chugging along. Um, you're, you know, your heart rate's not exceeding anything crazy. Um, but again, remember, if you're not fat adapted yet, it could be really hard to actually stay in this zone. And so as I was talking about last week, you know, with the mafetone pace, with your heart rate, um, it can be hard to actually stay in that zone. And, you know, going up hills, running with other people, you may just have to slow down and stop and maybe run by yourself for a little bit to be able to get back into that point where your aerobic base is built up enough to be able to go out there and run at a comfortable heart rate zone uh, for a long time and, and potentially with other people. So some, some things that, uh, you know, you can go out there in your long run. Um, if you don't have a heart rate zone, that's fine. I, uh, oh, sorry, if you don't have a heart rate monitor, that's fine. What you want to be aiming for is can you breathe through your nose? So while you're running, can you breathe through your nose? And then 
would you be able to talk to someone running beside you without huffing and puffing? They're pretty good indications on, uh, you know, whether you're in that heart rate zone and whether you're running at the correct pace for to build your aerobic base. So building your aerobic base doesn't mean you go out there and do heaps and heaps of thresholds and try and push your limits. Um, going out there and basically just getting time on your legs, and this is where it's it's good to measure time instead of distance because you know distance is going to be uh, different for everyone. But if you can go out there and you and you can run for an hour, or if you can bike for an hour. Um, you know, and, and you're in that heart rate zone, you're in that pace where you can still breathe through your nose and you can talk to someone next to you, then that is a really good space to be in. And that space is where you can build up some serious endurance with the ketogenic diet. Um, and, and so when I was training for the full marathon, I would go out there and run 30 kilometers in this zone and uh, come back and feel fantastic. Now, I've never, ever been able to run 30Ks. Um, and the year before that, I ran a, um, a half marathon and I was absolutely buggered for two to three to four days afterwards. And so just dialing back that speed a little bit, getting your body into a really good um, you know, energy generation zone is going to be the best thing for you. And I don't think I've ever come out of a training period where I haven't uh, suffered some type of injury or just hated the process <laughs> once I got to the end. And so um, the only problem with running at such a slow pace is that you can get a little, a little bit bored. So taking some music with you, what I used to do is run, uh, listen to podcasts. So if you're listening to this podcast while you're running, fantastic. Um, uh, and audiobooks too. Audiobooks are fantastic. You can sit there and you know add at double speed and you can chant through a whole bunch of audiobooks in your long run on the weekends. And so how I like to space these runs out is what I was doing was I was doing a interval run at the start of the week, a threshold run in the middle of the week, and then the long run on the weekend. Now, the long run uh, is best to do on the weekend because it's it, it always takes a little bit more time depending on what you're training for. Uh, if you're training for a marathon, then doing a 30K run is potentially going to take you five to six hours. And, and, and you know, so, so running at that pace is really important. Now, when you go to a race, these paces can go out the window. But it's important to remember that if you've built your aerobic base up enough, then uh, getting to race day, you should be able to sit in that mafetone pace and do a pretty good, um, pretty good time. So, this is this is the three different uh, pace zones that I'm talking about. We're talking about intervals, we're talking about threshold, and we're talking about the aerobic base um, in you know training in that in that right zone. So I hope this has been really informational uh, for you. Uh, you know, I, I, I just do these podcasts in one take, so excuse my horrible language. Um, and, uh, you know, next week we're going to be talking about electrolytes. So, uh, so what are the electrolytes that you actually need? Do you need to take them when you go for a run? Uh, do you need to take electrolytes in your bottle if you're cycling? Um, all of those different types of things. And I'll give you a really good one that is good uh, if you are running and then one that is good for when you're at home because electrolytes are really important on the ketogenic diet because you kidneys are flushing out so much uh, salt and liquid uh, that you don't you can't store as much water with you and, and what I found was that um, you know you, you you tend to feel more dehydrated on the ketogenic diet as opposed to when you're uh, you've got a lot of glycogen on your body because you actually store a lot of water but in saying that though 
you're potentially two or three kilos heavier. So which one would you rather? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd go with the lighter version and not have to lug three kilos of glycogen around with me um, and, and be able to maintain your weight really, really easily. So uh, make sure you stick in and tune in for that for that episode next week. Uh, and again, if you really like this podcast, let me know because uh, it's it's great for me to talk about this these types of topics. I really enjoy talking about this type of stuff um, and hopefully it gives you some some really great information on, on how to go out there and run in the ketogenic space and how to cycle and how to swim and maybe how to do a triathlon and how to do an ultra and how to, uh, you know, climb to the top of your mountain by by, you know, utilizing these different zones. Uh, So again, my name is Aaron. Thank you so much for listening. uh, And I will be talking to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.